Most of us in healthcare are warm, caring people who are committed to keeping our patients safe and doing no harm. But there are some among us who do the unthinkable and betray our noble profession. On this podcast, we like to shine a light on the good and the bad. Each week, I'll be joined by another healthcare professional, and together we'll dive into these stories while chatting about nursing and healthcare along the way. I'm Tina, a registered nurse, and this is Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. Before we proceed with today's episode, we want to provide a trigger warning for those listeners who may have an issue with some of the content we're going to be talking about. This episode does discuss themes of suicide and mental health crises. It's important to us that you prioritize your mental health and well-being. If you or someone you know is in crisis or needs someone to talk to, the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is there for you. You can visit their website at 988lifeline.org or simply dial 988 to speak to a trained counselor. Help is available 24-7 and you don't have to face this alone. Please consider if listening to this episode is right for you. And remember, support is just a call or a click away. In today's episode, we're going to delve into a poignant story that has touched the hearts of many people in the healthcare community. We're talking today about Tristan Kate Smith, a dedicated emergency room nurse who was just 28 years old when her life tragically ended in August of 2023. But it was what Tristan left behind that has sparked a national conversation, a letter penned five months earlier where she boldly likened the healthcare industry to an abusive partner. This comparison has since echoed far and wide, resonating deeply with clinicians everywhere who are feeling the strain of an overwhelming system. Join us as we explore the impact of Tristan's words and the profound effect they've had on exhausted healthcare workers across the country. Today, I have with me two voices that have been unflinchingly honest and vocal in the midst of this growing healthcare crisis. Nurse Erica and Nurse Jessica Seitz have taken their very popular social media platforms and their podcast, Nurses Uncorked, to not only share their personal experiences, but to bring to light the unsafe working conditions that are becoming all too common in our profession. Welcome back, Jessica and Erica. Thank you. Thank you. So good to be back. Well, it's always good to have you on the show. I feel like we always have really good conversation. We get to talking about some of these topics. We always try to, I mean, I tend to try to on this show talk about situations that nurses can either get themselves into or just talk about this, the system in general. I try to use these stories to help us learn um, maybe about some things we can change or just help us be more aware of some of these situations. This in particular is an incredibly tragic situation, but it is a huge problem. It's, you know, COVID, the whole COVID, you know, 19 pandemic exacerbated and already difficult situation where we this was already a problem way before 2020. And now, right? Do you guys agree? Oh, yeah, I agree with that. I said my nursing burnout came way before COVID. So I it's been there a long time, the stress of 
of nursing and what, what it's become. I think it just highlighted what was already there. Exactly. The reason that I really wanted to talk about this is I worked at the bedside in ICU as a travel nurse through the pandemic. And so I saw firsthand, I experienced PTSD, I experienced depression, I experienced all of the the stress and anxiety that went along with caring for people during the pandemic. It's not like, oh, everything was fine and great. And then the pandemic came along, I had already been experiencing those things before. And wow, it just completely exploded once this pandemic hit. And we dealt with all of this, you know, healthcare heroes and just kind of watching this transition that happened from people going, oh, we appreciate you so much, you're heroes and all of this to we want to arrest you and charge you with murder if you make a mistake. Whoa, how the tables have turned, huh? Crazy. Did you know that you don't have to go all across the country to be a travel nurse? You certainly can, but you don't have to. I literally took an assignment that's an hour and a half away from my house, and I love it. I can stay in a hotel room if I want, or I can drive back home. So it's the best of both worlds for me. For my next assignment, we're going to get a cabin in the mountains that's about two hours from our house, so it'll really be like a little getaway. Also, one of my really good friends is going with me so we can share expenses. You guys, even if you're just a little curious about travel nursing, go to trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and fill out a profile so you can see what kind of jobs are out there and what they pay. Go to trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and fill out a profile. So I guess we can get into the story for today. And typically we would do a bad nurse story and then we would do a good nurse story. Today we're going to, it's going to all be about this one topic. Our good nurse is going to be Tristan. I feel like uh, she just from, I had have read the letter that she left and from hearing her father talk about her, I can tell she was a good nurse. She obviously was. And the fact that she kind of left her spirit behind in this letter to help other people, and it is helping other people. And that's the reason we wanted to talk about this today. We want to bring awareness back to this. It came, This came out back in, I think, well, her, her, her death happened in August, and I believe this all kind of came to light in October. And so as things tend to do, you know, every everybody was talking about it back in October, you know, September, September, October, maybe November, and then, you know, the holidays happen, and then all of a sudden, no one's talking about it again. And I thought this was a great opportunity to just bring this, you know, up, let's get it back out here. Let's talk about it, because the problem is not going away. Absolutely. And I know I'm sure her father will appreciate this for sure, because he's, Erica can attest to that she talks to him a lot. He's fighting the fight to keep her memory alive and to help other healthcare workers. Yeah. He is determined to have something good come from this tragedy. That's exactly what we want. And I'm, I'm really glad that he's strong enough to be able to do that because I, I can only imagine how difficult it must be for him. After he lost his daughter, Tristan, last August, he, as we said earlier, found a letter on her laptop that would soon reverberate across the country. He submitted the letter which was actually titled Letter to My Abuser to the Oakwood Register, uh, a local newspaper, which set the stage for a nationwide reflection on the state of our healthcare system. Tristan Smith, she was a young nurse with a lifelong passion for healthcare. She poured her heart into this letter, detailing her experiences in the emergency, in the emergency room. 
she shared about how passionate and devoted she was to being a good nurse, only to find herself in an environment riddled with fear, blame, and increasing violence from patients. Tristan's words laid bare the harsh reality behind the facade of pizza parties and free pens given to healthcare heroes, and we put that in quotation marks, highlighting the lack of genuine support and love that healthcare workers desperately need. Since its publication, the letter has ignited a firestorm of reactions from both healthcare professionals and the public drawing attention to the unsustainable pressures faced by nurses. I mean, I think you guys would agree that it is unsustainable. You cannot, you can't handle this kind of pressure forever. Absolutely. Yeah. Constantly do more with less. You bend, you bend, you bend until you break. That's the way it like a rubber band. I always say I attribute it to like a rubber band. Like they stretch you and stretch you until you can't stretch anymore. And then you snap. It just depends on, unfortunately, some people quit, some people leave, and some people their mental health isn't in the right place, you know? And then they blame you for snapping. Yeah. And and the departure of all of these different people from the profession has left those who remain to shoulder an even heavier load. You can imagine, you know, the people that are left working at the bedside. I, mean, I, I, I don't, I no longer work at the bedside. I work from my house now. I work from home. I still work in healthcare. I work as a transfer coordinator. Isn't that crazy that that's what we say? Like when uh, nowadays, when people leave the bedside, we're like, oh, hooray. Like, because we know how hard it is, you know? And this just perpetuates a cycle that often leaves young nurses like Tristan to fend for themselves in highly challenging situations. And that's the thing, you know, that Tristan was very young. She was a new nurse. And that's the way a lot of our hospitals, that's the situation a lot of our hospitals are in right now. They are being run and manned by new, new grads, you know, new nurses people who are excited at first about being a nurse, can't wait to get to take care of people, get in there and realize that it is a system that will chew you up and spit you out. The following is the letter her father sent to the news outlet. So this is exact. These are, I'm just going to read what he sent because these are his words and I feel like it's important. It's, I really hope that I can get through it without getting emotional because it is, I, I'm just going to warn you guys, it is very emotional. Um, but I'm going to try to just read uh, the letter and try not to process it too much as I'm reading it. It's I tend to get emotional sometimes with this kind of topic. So hopefully I can get through this. He said, on Monday, August 7th, 2023, our beautiful girl, Tristan Kate Smith, ended her life. Tristan was 28 years old and the youngest of two brothers and three sisters. She was a daughter. She was an aunt. She was a friend. She was a nurse. Tristan was brave and beautiful and smart. She fought depression for a long time. With regret-filled hindsight, we can now see the signs for what they were. She never sought professional help, but her home was filled with evidence that she had been trying to help herself. Her beloved dog Calypso and cat Sphinx wanted for nothing. Tristan spent her time and energy with them. We found more dog enrichment toys and contraptions than a single pet store sells. She had written and posted positive affirmations and mantras throughout her house. She displayed photos of herself with her friends, family, and pets. 
She had reached out to friends. She had reached out to family. She tried so hard to stay alive, but none of it was enough to stop the darkness. You're reading this now because Tristan's story needs to be told. We need to take action. Our nation's healthcare system is broken, and it broke our girl. Her passion for nursing had turned into a nightmare. Tristan was in trouble. Nurses are in trouble. Female nurses commit suicide at more than twice the rate of females in the general population. We must do better. Call or email your congresspeople. Tell them we can do better. Reach out to your friends in nursing and offer to listen. Help them get the help they need. The following is a letter we discovered on Tristan Kate's laptop that she wrote in March of 2023. So as we said earlier, this was five months before. Letter to my abuser. Ever since I was young, I expressed interest in healthcare and becoming a nurse. So I began my study. I gave my heart, my body, and my mind to you. Dedicated long hours and days and gave you my all. I have cried with patients, with their families, and for them. I held their hands and they held mine as I moved forward in my nursing career. My patients and their families have been there for me, supported me, and reminded me why I do what I do. I thought that was enough. This would be all I needed to carry me through my career. I told you I would be there through the good and the bad, but you have taken my heart and slowly crushed the goodness it had. You love-bombed me with affection, and you told me I was going into a career that matters. I could make a difference. You made me feel comfortable despite the rumors of your abusive past, rumors I didn't want to believe, the compliments, the pizzas, and the thank you letters gradually had less meaning to me. The staff I worked beside began to go away. In your eyes, these staff were unnecessary but it came to a high cost for the advertised quality care provided to our patients by those of us who were left. You asked my colleagues and me what we needed to help patients and improve satisfaction scores. And we told you the truth, but then you sent us to online courses that taught us to just smile more and be friendlier to the patients. That's when I began to understand your true cruelty and manipulation. I remember the first time I heard about nurses getting hit. I remember that you asked them what they'd done or didn't do to prevent it from happening. Don't protect yourself by fighting back, you said. Just lay with your hands over your head and wait until security comes. I'm going to pause right there just because I can't. (laughs) There's just so much to process. I feel like we... As I'm reading it, it is just literally triggering me. I'm being so triggered by all of these things that she's saying because it's so true. And I know people listening to this podcast right now are probably just, you know, yelling in their cars or wherever they are going, yeah, this is me. This is me. What do you guys think about this? I think that the beauty of Tristan's letter to me is twofold. One, the way that she's so artistically made the comparison to an abusive relationship, because it truly is an abusive relationship to be a nurse these days. She did that just skillfully and let it unfold, 
you know, because you don't know when the first time you hear it, what exactly it's about. And then it just becomes apparent. But the other part that I think is so impressive is that she, it's all encompassing. You know, she really touched on everything. She touched on the status of nursing now, the mass exodus of nurses from the bedside, the violence against nurses, the the constant gaslighting and manipulation by healthcare management and admin against nurses. If if you really listen to the letter, everything that we have been screaming about is in that letter. I think that that's exactly it. Is it just when you hear it, you feel like she's writing it on your behalf. It's anybody that works in in healthcare, I think can relate to every phrase, every scenario of what she's saying. And it, I think, causes and brings up so much emotion because that's how we feel being there and working, you know, bedside on a daily basis is, you know, you're constantly expected to, to do more, but but protest less about it until your your light the the positive light that you used to emit gets snuffed out and it's diminished to the point that you don't have any positive light anymore all you have left is resentment frustration because you you went into it with such a happy heart and a happy soul and to you know this makes me emotional just because like like Tina said it it's, you know, it, what she's saying is other reasons why so many of us have walked away from, from bedside because it's when you get to that point that you're not the same person that you were when you went into it, when it changes you completely, um, it's, it's heartbreaking. It is. It's completely heartbreaking because you can't, you can't be that, that person that you were anymore because they took it out of you, you know? But that's the magic of her, her letter and the, writing ability that she has too is just impeccable. I don't know if I'd ever be able to get my words out like that to portray what everybody's feeling, but it's just an an amazing letter that I think we all resound with, you know? When I think about, you know, some of the, I, I just like, I just want to go back and unpack all this, some of the, you know, like this, these nuggets of gold that she stated, you know, in the, in her letter, when she says, you told me I was going into a career that matters. That's, it's true we are that it is a career that matters what she's saying is you told me i was and she she's saying you use this you hold this over my head you the, and the, the healthcare system that is exactly what they do they use it it's empathy manipulation thank you that's exactly what it is and you guys talk about it all the time on your podcast and you guys talk about it on your platforms erica you are amazing at pointing this stuff out and reminding people this is absolutely manipulation. Tristan saw it. She had this insight. She saw this. She knew what was going on and she wrote it down. And we have her words now that we can learn from and help use her words to teach other people that you do not have to get your self-worth from your job. That is not where you should be getting your self-worth from. Your self-worth comes from within. You you are so invaluable. The fact that you want, even the fact that you even, the fact that you exist at all, you don't have to be a nurse to, to be important, but what the fact that you exist, you are important and you have a purpose. The fact that you even want to be a nurse to care for other people, 
you don't have to be working at the bedside to be that person. You're still that same person. And that's what she's saying. You, these, they, the healthcare system, they use that, that person that's inside of you that wants to care for other people, they use it and they turn it against you. She said, I could make a difference. You made me feel comfortable. It, it's weaponized against us. Yes, it's weaponized. It's absolutely weaponized. It's, it's, it's saying things like, oh, you, you don't, surely you're not going into this for money. You don't do this for, for, for money. Help your team out. You don't want to leave your team hanging, do you? The patients need you. You can pick up an extra two days of overtime this week, right? Exactly. And and that we're a family. We are a family here. That oh gosh, right? I hate that. But that's that's exactly what she's talking about when she says, "You made me feel comfortable." But and then she said, despite the rumors of your abusive past, rumors I didn't want to believe. I feel her so much in that that statement right there. I I man, she, I feel like she's right inside of my soul when she says this. I I I can't this was me. I lied to myself. I feel like I was lying to myself about this. Yeah. I think new grads probably hear about the violence, but maybe they think, I mean, how how common can it be? Like surely these are few and far between and then when faced with the reality of nursing, they realize very quickly, oh no, this this is everywhere. It's prolific. This is almost a daily occurrence and no one cares. Yes, and you will lie to yourself. I didn't rumors I didn't want to believe. I'm like, oh my gosh, that that convicts me so much because that was me lying to myself the whole time, just being like, I know the hospital, this hospital loves me. The the they they appreciate me as a nurse. They appreciate the me going to the extra mile. They but that's not the case. And the fact is they're not they're not going to protect you and they're not going to have your back and they think they can replace you and probably would prefer to replace you with someone who is brand new and would make a lot less money than you do. I was going to say I can I can remember so many times that I was already in over my head with my labor patients and somebody else would roll in the door and they'd say I need you to take this patient and I'd be like I I I really can't like I I can barely keep up with what I've got going on right now. You know, this patient, and then they put the guilt on you. There's nobody else to take her. If you don't take her, then she's there, she's not going to have anybody. She's going to have to sit in the lobby. Like, And because you go into nursing to help, it's so hard to say no that I, I can't because they make you feel that that guilt and they put they put that pressure on you like like an abuser would. It's almost like a con artist. They mentally con you into doing something you shouldn't be doing. They do. I, th I think nurses need to really keep in mind and learn and commit to memory that it is not our responsibility to staff a unit. That is management's responsibility. So when they come to you with the whole, there's no one else, well, that's a you problem. As the manager, it is your responsibility to provide adequate staffing. I am here to take care of the patients that have been assigned to me safely. That is a you problem. And she says, the staff I worked beside began to go away. There's so much in that. Yes. And, and you know exactly what she means. You know what she means, right? After COVID, I didn't, I, I didn't recognize anybody anymore. I, I would walk around. I'm like, who, who, are, who are these people? It, it was like a revolving 
door like nothing I'd ever seen before because I spent 19 years with essentially the same people, with the same team of people. You know, once you were there, you were there. And it turned into like, what has happened? I don't even know anybody anymore. I I don't think that's ever going to exist anymore. 19 years with the same people that that's not going to happen. And it's sad. We all know that when we're taking any medication or supplement, dosage matters, and it's important to take enough to get the desired result. For example, only taking a 10 milligram Tylenol might not help with your headache. Well, the same is true for CBD. If you try a low dose CBD product, you may not feel anything, but it's not the CBD's fault. The dosage is the problem. This is why CBD Stat only makes high dose CBD products that actually work. And now their products are getting even stronger. CBD Stat is happy to announce that they're launching a new extra strength version of its highly popular topical products that have 7,500 milligrams of CBD. This new strength will by far maintain CBD Stat's status as the most powerful CBD product line on the market. More CBD means it's more effective in helping everyone tackle daily aches and pains. CBD Stat sent me a box of these new products and I already knew it was going to work because I've been using it for my neck pain and foot pain, but I can definitely tell a difference in this new strength and I'm really excited to get to tell you guys about it. And on top of these new higher strength products, they're also dropping prices across the board on all their products to make CBD Stat not only the most effective on the market, but also the most affordable. And don't forget, all you healthcare workers out there get a special additional discount to help keep you strong. Just head to cbdstat.care forward slash healthcare and find your new secret weapon. That's cbdstat.care forward slash healthcare. So when she talks about the staff walking away and she said, in your eyes, these staff were unnecessary, but it can't, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to really focus in on her words because there's so much behind it. She says, you said these people were unnecessary, but it came at a high cost for the advertised, quote, quality care provided to our patients by those of us who were left. And she's saying, you advertised quality care to our patients, and we, the people left behind after you ran all these other people off, we are having to somehow figure out how to deliver this quote, quality care that you're telling everybody you're giving to our patients who that we really do want to give. We obviously want to give, but sometimes to these hospitals, quality care is bringing somebody their Sprite, you know, like within a minute after they ask for it, you know, doing that quote, customer service and running the the place like a hotel and get that, that's sort of like what comes across to me from, from, administration when they're talking about, you know, quality, getting on the call lights and being responsive. That's what I feel like they are saying. And I think that's what Tristan's saying. She's saying that this came at a high cost for because we are still the people left behind the skeleton crew left behind trying to take care of these people are still trying to deliver. That's the high cost. And drowning as you're doing it, drowning, slowly, slowly drowning. And it's a twofold thing. It's one, they're not able to replace the staff as fast as the staff is leaving. But two, it's that they don't care that these experienced nurses are leaving and it doesn't matter in their mind who they replace them with. 
So it's a twofold thing. You've got a decreased number and the ones that you are getting in are not, a majority of the time are not nurses that have 19, 20 years under their belt. And she's right when she says, no, they, they're saying they're not needed. I was told that. I was told I was only a number. And if I wasn't happy to go and find something else that made me happy, basically that my seniority and expertise was not really important. They think a nurse is a nurse. Yeah, you guys listening, there, there are a lot of people that, that are listening to this that are young. I know that my, my demogra- the demographic of people that listen to this, a lot, there are a lot of young people who are probably the age that they're going to either having babies or going to be having babies. What, what nurse do you want caring for you? during this time, monitoring you. I mean, we're not talking about somebody that's just bringing you sprites and fluffing your pillow. We're talking about someone who's assessing you, who is being the eyes and ears for your doctor, who is who understands the subtle signs that they that that can happen before something bad happens. That is where experience comes in. Do you want Jessica taking care of you? who's been a nurse for 19 years, who will see those subtle signs? Or do you want a brand new nurse who's a new grad who it's no fault of his or her own, they just haven't been a nurse long enough to have that experience. But I'm sorry, they're still trying to get their feet under them. They're still trying to figure things out, get their routine going, try not to drown while they're, you know, doing all the things that they have to do to be a nurse. You need a combination of experienced nurses and new nurses on a floor anytime, every single day, every single shift, that's the way it should be. Unfortunately, that's not the case. But right now we have the blind leading the blind. We were putting charge nurses, where we're putting new grads into charge nurse positions. There is no resource nurse. There is no one on a unit that has seen this rare type of presentation before. They they don't know what they don't know. And it's truly terrifying. I, I literally, I could not believe the words that were coming out of this manager's mouth. It was like something out of like a movie. Like, I'm like, am I literally hearing this? That you're, I mean, literally saying, and y'all are just numbers. Those were the exact words. Like, basically, like everybody says, a warm body's a warm body. And that is, like Erica said, that is not true. I can remember when I first started the fear, the anxiety, the day-to-day going in because you don't have that confidence yet. You haven't learned everything. You haven't seen anything. And 19 years later, be able to go in feeling like I I could anticipate anything before it happened. Like that, you can't put any numeric number on that you can't put that is just the value in that i mean not just for lnd for any unit like is just it's sad it's sad that's all i have to say every unit has this dynamic and it, it, it for 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 people listening think about if you go into the hospital and you've have an abdominal pain and you know you've got pancreatitis so you any any sort of there's all sort you know appendicitis all sorts of things you're in the hospital and you start having a heart attack this happens people go into the hospital for one thing and while they're in the hospital they start having chest pain if you're a new brand new spanking brand spanking new nurse and you walk in and somebody's like my chest I'm kind of having like I'm kind of my chest is hurting 
a, a new nurse, I'm not saying they would, but a new nurse may just be like, well, you've got pneumonia, you know, it's fine. Because they're thinking about, I've got meds I've got to pass to all these other patients and I don't have time to think about this. And if you've got pneumonia, of course, you're, you know, a seasoned nurse, which I hope that all nurses would do this. And I'm just using this as an example, but you know, a seasoned nurse is going to, if somebody says they have chest pain, you are going to absolutely take that. Get an EKG. You're going to a hundred percent get an EKG. You're going to, you're going to notify the physician. You're going to, you know, order some labs. You're, you're going to, you were going to take that seriously because we've seen, we know that this can happen. You can literally be having a heart attack in the hospital because of the stress that you're under. And so, and it can go undetected. And do you know how, how unfortunately, how, how calm it is for somebody to die in the hospital of a heart attack because it went undetected? It's a little, it's, it's, it's embarrassingly common because we're so busy. We are just like going from one room to the other, trying to get our meds passed, trying to do all the things that we're supposed to be, trying to be the phlebotomist, trying to be trying to take out the garbage, trying to, you know, pass the barista, the waitress, the housekeeper, the social worker, the case manager, the unit secretary. Yeah. In the meantime, things go unnoticed. So I'm just saying all that to say, this is what Tristan was trying to get across. You, you know, you, you tell us, you know, you ask us to, to, you know, tell you what we can do, what can the hospital do to improve surveys? And then we tell you the truth and then what do you do? You know, you come back at us with, oh, smile more. <laughs> you know, just go. That for me was the most poignant part of the letter where she says that that's the one that really stopped me in my tracks, where she says, you asked us what, what we needed to do our job and we told you. And instead of listening and changing things, you made us do more mandatory education that we didn't have time to do. And it taught us how to provide customer service and smile more. It, the the utter rage <laughs> that I felt hearing that, because we all know that. We, we have all been in some kind of a similar position where we're like, it's not safe here. And their response is, here's an online module on workplace safety. That does no good. It's punitive. You're basically putting all of it on me saying that I have some kind of lack of education that is, um, you know, uh, creating this unsafe working condition when, when that's not the case at all. Yes. If your patient hit you, it's your fault. You did something. It's like she said, she said, I heard about nurses getting hit. And she said, I remember that you asked them what they had done or didn't do to prevent it from happening. This is so common, you guys. I, I, for people that are listening to this that aren't nurses that don't that haven't worked at the bedside, that it, I'm telling you, uh, the three of us as nurses work in three completely different states, and we have all experienced this. So I'm telling you, this is what happens in different specialties. And then wait, lay there and wait for security to come, who can't do anything. They're oftentimes not even allowed to touch a patient, so they are effectively useless. Exactly. And, and and sometimes they're like 85 years old. But they tell you don't protect, as, as Tristan said, they tell you not to protect yourself. You are not allowed to fight back. Just lay there with your hands over your head and wait until security comes. And hope someone shows up before it's too late. And as we know, these days, it, it it's often too late. 
Nurses are and healthcare workers are being killed left and right. It's almost a daily occurrence. So it, if it's me, regardless of hospital policy, I am going to protect myself and I am going to fight back. And I think that every healthcare worker should do the same. She said, you created an environment of fear and blame in a place we already felt unsafe. You blamed us for things out of our control. You criminally charged my colleagues for things that happened as a direct result of your own actions. The law doesn't protect us and neither do you. I no longer feel like you care about me or the people you say you serve. I sit at my front desk just waiting for someone to walk in off the street and shoot my patients and me. You do not care about keeping us protected. You haven't provided even the slightest amount of security to keep us safe. You use and exploit us to line your pockets using the common citizen's money for overpriced health care. You are a narcissist. I can see you for what you really are. You say you care, but you ignore us while we beg on our hands and knees. You tell us we do so much and that we put up with so much, but when we dare to think we are finally going to get the love and support we deserve, we get a pizza party and free pens for the healthcare heroes. I so desperately want to continue to help people, but I cannot stay in this abusive relationship. Each day you ask me to do more with less. You beat me to the point that my body and mind are black, bruised, and bleeding out. I'm only sorry to my patients and colleagues. You deserve so much better, but my abusive partner is relentless. If I stay, oh my gosh, this, oh my gosh, I I can't, I don't even, mm, this is so hard to say. It's horrible. She said, if I stay, I will lose my sanity and possibly my life forever. And that was what her, her father submitted to the newspaper. That was her whole letter. And I, I don't even, I don't know. She knew what was coming. She knew. Well, here's the thing. I I feel like what happened is that she walked away from a career that she genuinely loved. It did give her a sense of self-worth. It did provide her with that fulfill, fulfilling, because that I know, I know, because I, I feel like I've walked in her shoes. I, I understand this. I left the bedside and I know how I feel right now and how empty I feel sometimes and how tempted I am sometimes to go back to it. Just like going back to an abusive relationship, I will sometimes romanticize and idealize that relationship. I will look back on it and tell myself that it wasn't that bad. And I will want and I tempted to go back. I miss it. I miss my patience. Because you miss that. You love that. At, at your core, you love it. But you miss being able to take care of them the right way. You miss being able to do what we were trained to do. I mean, especially for us that have been doing it for a long time, that know the difference, that have seen it better, you know, and have seen what it's become. Those are the days I miss, you know, it's it's the good old days, I always say, of nursing. I mean, it was always hard. It was always hard, but it was different. It wasn't like it is now. I mean, it it wasn't this, that, that line, you are a narcissist, sticks out to me. Yes, because it's like, I'm screaming to you, but somehow you find a way to make it my fault. You, that's what narcissists do. You find a way to make it 
all about that I'm doing wrong and not doing enough. And I'm, and you start believing it. You get put down enough. You, you believe it and you, you take it in as I should be able to keep up with this pace. I, why, why, why can't I, why am I not, why am I struggling? Why? But it's what the whole thing of you expect me to do more every day with less. Every day they give you more, more charting, more things to do, more checklist, more patients, less nurses. And it's a snowball of just at some point the water reaches a point that you can't, you can't breathe anymore. And what do you do? And that's sadly I, I, what, what Tristan felt, you know? And what all of us felt. So I have to tell you guys about an experience I had with a nursing student. So you know I've been doing travel nursing. Well, this hospital where I'm at has a lot of LPN students doing their clinicals there. So one of them was following me around one day and she noticed my stethoscope. And of course, y'all know the Echo Technology Company that sponsors our podcast. They teamed up with Littman to make the stethoscopes to beat all stethoscopes the 3M Littman Core Digital Stethoscope. And this is the one that I use now. So she said, oh my gosh, I've been wanting to try one of those. So of course I let her use it. And she just could not stop talking about it for the rest of the shift. It was so cute. She was like, you know, I can't hear anything with my normal stethoscope because I have tinnitus. And so she was so excited because she could actually hear what heart sounds were supposed to sound like. She said, I'm going to ask for one of these for graduation. And I was like, yeah, you definitely should. So just so you know, the echo technology that makes the stethoscope so amazing. Uh, you can enable it with a flip of a switch. You can turn it on and off. It has active noise cancellation up to 40 times amplification, wireless auscultation using Bluetooth technology. It connects with Echo's free app and software so that you can visualize, record, share, live stream, analyze heart sounds, lung sounds, and whatever body sounds you want to listen to. So you can go to echohealth.com and use the promo code GNBN to get $50 off your order. And that's Echo is spelled E-K-O, by the way. So it's echohealth.com and use the GNBN promo code to get $50 off your order. I also wanted to remind you that if you're interested in travel nursing, to go to trustedhealth.com forward slash good nurse and fill out a profile so you can see what kind of jobs are out there. And you can also see what they pay, the stipend, the hourly rate, all of that. I'm a travel nurse now with Trusted Health, and I absolutely love working for them. So go to trustedhealth.com, be sure and put forward slash good nurse so that they'll know that we sent you there and fill out a profile today. If you're like me and you don't want ads interrupting your podcast flow, you can access our episodes ad-free just by becoming a patron. You can also have access to bonus material like episodes being released early, the video footage of me and my guests recording the episode, and a brand new podcast that's offered exclusively to our Patreon subscribers called Breakroom Conversations. Your support will really help us to keep the podcast running smoothly. To learn more, just head on over to our website, goodnursebadnurse.com, and click the link to become a patron. Once she did leave, it was probably really difficult if her, if, if she, if her self-worth was kind of tied up in, in her identity, if her identity was tied up in that, her role as a nurse, because there are so many rewarding aspects of it. You do, it is, it is such a rewarding job. You, it is very fulfilling. It can, can be, I there were times when I came home and I, I did feel so good about something I did, I was able to do for a patient that day. And there are people that I still think about to this day that can make me smile. And so all those moments, though, 
the the other moments, the other moments where I went home crying because I feel like I felt like I didn't take care of my patients the way I the way they deserved and the way that they needed to be cared for because there was it was physically impossible because there were too many patients and not enough people helping. And those kind of outweighed, you know, those days started to outweigh the days that were rewarding. Mm-hmm. The good days. But yeah. it, but then when I walked away from it, when and what I can kind of, I feel like maybe what, ha- and I don't want to, you know, psychoanalyze Tristan, and, you know, and it, that's not really appropriate. And I don't want to do that. But I, I can say from my own experience, after walking away from the bedside, there is a huge depression that happens. It's huge. It's a, you feel so, you feel like you fail. I mean, you feel like a failure. You feel like I walked away and I. There's a name for that, Tina. It's called moral injury. That's what they do to us. You do feel that because you feel like you're letting people down. I felt, I feel like in hearing you say that, Tina, like, and you probably feel not to toot my own horn, but I felt like I was such a good damn nurse. I was such a good nurse. Like I. I had so much to offer and so much knowledge. And I felt like it's been taken away from me because I had to for my own mental health. I mean, and my own my own family's health, my own mental well-being, I, I had to. But you feel like just angry because you loved it. You know, you really, really did. You did love it. So if you walk away from that and then and you already are kind of, you know, struggling with mental health issues and then you're dealing with this depression and you don't you you aren't getting the the right kind of support, you know, you're not reaching out to your 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 family, you're not reaching out, you know, you're not getting professional help for it. Um you're you're definitely at risk. And I that's a, a big reason that I wanted to talk about this now because it it's very personal for me. This story is very personal for me. I can see myself in Tristan and I want people listening to this to get help. If you are feeling this way at all, I want you to do whatever it takes to get help. You know, call the hotline, do, you know, get therapy, go see your, talk to your doctor about it, talk to your family, talk to your friends. Um, also, I want you to know, and this is something that I have to repeat to myself all the time, and I, I do, I say this to myself all the time. Number one, you are still a nurse, even if you're not working at the bedside. Some people may disagree Always with me. Nurse. Of course you are. Of course you Always are a nurse. a nurse. I am still a yeah. nurse. I'm not working at the bedside, but nurses work in so many different capacities. And I'm still, you're still who you are. And you you can serve this world in so many different ways. And I, I, it makes me so sad to think of, of the loss that is that that the world is suffering because of of Trist, because we lost Tristan, you know, because we lost her. She had so much to offer. She is helping the world through her words, you know, through this letter. And but I, she had so much to offer. I feel like her heart was huge, and she was just so uh, giving and caring. I, you could just you can read it from her words. Um. And you can use that for those people that are listening to this that may be struggling with some of those thoughts. You can use that, your experience to help other people. You know, there's all kinds of different ways that you can help people and still get fulfilled. We need to be listening to our coworkers, you know, when when they say something in passing, don't blow it off and say, you know, well, that that's nursing. Yeah, it sucks. Me too. You know, what What are you going to do about it? We have to really listen and take the time. I, I can tell you when I was at a very low point in my life, 
as a nurse, no one asked me if I was okay. And the signs were there. Like, they were there, you know, physically, in, in every way. And people knew I had been through some stuff recently. Not a single person said, are you okay? Because I was not okay. Not a single person said, do you want to go get some coffee? Because I would have jumped at that opportunity just to be able to talk about it for someone to listen. No one asked. We need to listen and we need to ask. I think sometimes that nurses can be not the best patients and we put ourselves last. We think we, first of all, we feel like you don't have time to really focus on it and you feel like you can push through it or you should push through it. I really resonate with Tristan when I hear that part that her dad says about the positive affirmations around her home because I feel like she was trying to fix herself in the best way she could, but that is all that that she knew at that point. And I feel like it's really important what you were saying, Tina, is sometimes we can't just fix things by telling ourselves to turn it off or uh, you're going to, you can do it. You're strong. You can mutter through this. You can go. Sometimes we're past that point and we do need help. We need to learn when to say, I'm throwing in the towel. I need somebody else to figure this out and help me through this because I'm not getting better. Things aren't getting better and things are getting darker. I've been there at a point in my life, it was a long time ago, but I I remember that hopelessness, that helplessness, and that feeling of this is just the way that my life is going to be. I'm just going to feel like this forever, you know? And you get to a point that you start understanding why people take their live, lives. And when you get to that dark of a place, that's that's the point that you've got to surrender. And whether it's calling a helpline, reaching out to a family physician, a friend, somebody, but don't think that you can just push through it. If you if you've been in a dark spot and, you know, I've done a lot of research on this and it's been more than a couple of weeks and you're still in that that space and you're not getting better and things are getting worse, um, that's that's a point that, you know, you 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 need to do something. And I I will say it, it's not just it's not just me, but nurses are notorious for this. We are just notorious for trying to push through, you know, and Sometimes you just can't. Sometimes you have to be the patient, and that's okay. That's okay. There's a line that you cross at some point that goes from just, you know, the thought entering, those intrusive thoughts that kind of enter into your head about, you know, trying to end it all or trying to get, trying to do something to, to get out of the anxiety, out to get out from under the dark cloud that you're in. It go, but there's a line that goes from just those intrusive thoughts, but they they go from intrusive thoughts to deliberate thoughts. They that you deliberately are you're kind of entertaining it more. You're thinking more about about how it would feel to just not have that over you anymore. And then you go when you step out from uh, from that line to actually thinking about ways in which you would carry that out. You've got to stop way before then. Because once you reach that point, you kind of are, you're going to get sucked into it. Just think about, you know, you get so close to a black hole, it's going to suck you in. There is no returning. 
The problem is nurses are seen as being perfect. We must be robots. We're perfect. I say this all the time. We're supposed to be seen as infallible and perfect. And to say that you're not okay is a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing, especially for a nurse to do, is say, I'm not okay. It comes with punitive ramifications, in, especially in a lot of states, depending on the board of nursing. The, simply saying that can get you reported to the board of nursing. And some boards of nursing are truly terrible and they they don't care. They'll put you in they'll put you in a like a 12-step program for substance abuse when it's not even a substance abuse issue, you know, or it didn't impact your patient care whatsoever and they they will put you on a, a program where you have to be monitored for 6 months and all you're doing is saying I I need help for myself emotionally, you know, it has nothing to do with me as a nurse, but but you can't, you're not safe to do that because you're risking your license and your livelihood. Oh, it does. The Especially with men- mental health, it is the most, it's such a stigma and it is looked at just like the, you can turn it off and you can fix it. Yeah, really? What have you got to be nervous about? Why, what do you have Stop to be- Stop being depressed. That makes me so infuriated. And you know what? Sometimes- even in the most perfect of conditions, you can feel this way. And that's okay too. It doesn't have to be that you're working in a unit that is understaffed and, and in the worst of circumstances. Sometimes you could be somewhere that's perfect. And if you get in your you get into a chemical imbalance, things seem bad when they're not bad. And yet that's okay too. All of it is okay. It's all things, I always say it's like diabetes, it's like high blood pressure. Those things are treated, those things are medicated, but you mental, you mention mental illness, depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation, and it's seen as, whoa, uh, ooh, what, 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 why, ugh. Like, just turn it off. Just turn it off. And you, sometimes you can't turn it off. I wish we could. And that's why people go to that dark place. Yes, and these things are, you know, the 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 difficult situation, the difficult job that that nurses have. Those are triggers. Those are things that trigger a mental health crisis. But you can already be struggling with mental health issues and and deal. You know what? Most people do. Most people, the people, you know, our bodies are not perfect. Our bodies, you know, we struggle or we're constantly struggling to keep everything in balance, and it, so. Uh, there are lots of people that are affected by mental health, the, you know, issues or problems or the disease, whatever. So you can be dealing with that and have, you know, just ignoring it like we do with lots of other medical problems, just be kind of like moving right along, just kind of push it down and, and ignore it. But then you get yourself into a career like nursing, like law enforcement, like you know, being a firefighter, paramedic, like it, this sort of intense kind of jobs where lots of lot is expected and you're, you know, a lot is put on you and you're taken advantage of and manipulated and get all the gaslighting and all of these things, that stuff can trigger an already kind of dormant problem that was there, you know? And so it's, there is absolutely nothing wrong with getting help. Mental, mental health issues can lead to insomnia. Okay, because I, I've I've dealt with that too. A lot of times, the anxiety and the 
you, you can't turn your mind off sometimes or the depression, the thoughts, and then you barely sleep. And then you've got to go into a job that requires you to be on point and you, yeah. And you have to be a hundred percent and you can't make mistakes and you get into this cycle of you're already anxious or depressed and then you're sleep deprived and it gets worse and worse and worse every day to the point that you just literally feel those thoughts start coming. Like I'm tired of feeling bad. Like, and that it, it happens. It, it can happen to, to anybody and it's, it's okay. I just, that's the message I have is it's okay to not be okay. I always say that and it sounds cliche, but it's okay to not be okay. I'm glad it sounds cliche because hopefully that means that more more and more people are talking about this. And it's okay to step away from the bedside if you need to do that for your mental yes. health. Yes. It's okay. Yes. You can find fulfillment in so many other jobs. You are you are still a nurse. Your identity does not be not, does not have to be tied. That that is a lie that is told to you from people who are use who are manipulating you and using you for their benefit. Trust me, that's where that comes from. It's it trickles down from the top, from from working in hospitals. That is exactly they know what they're doing. So don't believe it. I, I I know the temptation because you do get it's like a dose of I don't know if it's adrenaline or oxytocin or or serotonin or whatever it is that you get that positive feeling from dopamine from from being in a situation where somebody is so vulnerable and they need you and if you're truly this caring person which so many nurses are I know there are people I know people are listening to this probably going well I haven't had I've had a nurse that was this or that. okay we obviously talked this is good nurse bad nurse I talk about those nurses too yeah but the vast majority of people that I've worked with people that go into this for the right reasons that I'm, I'm telling you, we're there because we love helping people. And you do kind of get you, you, it makes you feel so good to help someone like literally helping people. It makes you feel good. And you're just like you, you, you get your, uh, your, your identity from it. You get, I mean, I can't think of honestly, I can't think of a better reason. Our identity is so tied to being a nurse. If, if someone says, how, you know, tell me about yourself. 99.9% of nurses, the first thing they will say is, I'm a nurse. It, it is such a, it's one of the few professions that truly encompasses our entire identity. But if you think of it, I mean, that's not who I am fundamentally, right? But that is always the go-to if someone asks you, asks me to tell them about myself. I'm, I'm a nurse. And then the other things follow. I'm a mom. I'm, you know, the the label in and of itself, I feel like it 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 sends a message. It sends a message that I was willing to sacrifice because every I think it, most people know how difficult nursing school is. It, that it's out there. I knew it before I ever went to nursing school that it, there was this you know idea out there that nursing school is hard and it is. Um, and so you, you you're just like I'm a nurse by saying that in and of itself. You kind of let people know I was willing to sacrifice and do this job and take on this career because I, I want to help people that sort of, it sends that message. I mean, the fact is that there are people that that is absolutely not why they go into it. We all know that, but I feel like most of the people that I, that I've worked with in the past are not like that. I don't know what it's like right now. I mean, I, 
I know that there, there are a lot of people, I don't know, I see things on social media and I'm just like, who's working out there right now? <laughs> because I, I do see some stuff on social media where people are kind of talking about getting bullied a lot and all that stuff. And that makes me so sad. And, but I, I don't know. I mean, like I'm one person, what I'm going to go back and work at the bedside just to try to bring my, you know, positive attitude and excitement for nursing. It's so much guilt that comes along with it though. Like, you know, when I, left bedside and was like, I'm going to pursue social media full time. I mean, even nurses can be harsh mm-hmm. and they will say, well, you're not, you're not a nurse anymore. Yeah, you're going to lose your skills. That hurts. It hurts. Yeah. It hurts though, as somebody that has done it for so long and loves it and loves being a nurse to even hear people that understand that once you're a nurse, you're always a nurse. And obviously know that even if you're not working as a nurse, you can maintain being a nurse. I don't even care if you have your license. Once a nurse, always a nurse. That's the way I look at it. But to hear those words and hear people say, well, you're how, like, how, like, as if we can't relate anymore, or if you're not on bedside, you, you don't get it. You don't get it anymore. We will always get it. We will always understand it. But it, it's so much more important to focus on taking care of yourself and your mental health and your family and realizing that it's okay to put those priorities first because we're not used to that. We're not used to saying that that's okay. And people need to understand that, that it it is okay. It is. And even if people say mean things, you know what? At the end of the day, if you're happier and you're, you're taking care of you and, and your family and everyone around you that you've done the right, you've done the right thing. And that's all you need to know. I love the saying hurting people hurt people. That's what happens. People love to tear other people down to make themselves feel better. And it's a coping mechanism. And so if you can just remember that there will always be those people out there who for whatever reason, they feel like they need to tear you down. Those people are always going to be there, unfortunately. And who knows, maybe we are that person at some point, you don't even realize it. I just wrote that phrase down. I just was like, I need to remember to tell myself that because, you know, you, and I'm sure Erica, you probably hear stuff too. You get a lot of negative comments being in social media and it's a great room. God, I feel like I'm channeling Tristan and writing myself about positive affirmation. Hurt people hurt people. They do. They really, really do. And also it's okay to, it's okay to, Call it what it is, you know, don't fall as much as you can for the empathy manipulation and the gaslighting and the, all of that. It's okay to put a label on it and say, that's abusive, that, that's manipulation, that's not okay. Actually, that's not my responsibility. You know, once you kind of say these things out loud, and, and yes, I always say, is there a possibility for retaliation? Yes, of course, because this is nursing and retaliation is prolific. But there is also power in calling it what it is. You know, management and healthcare administrators can sometimes be truly awful human beings that mess with people's lives. And it's not okay. And it's okay to call that out, even if it's just, you know, to yourself or among your your friends. 
And if you guys are struggling with any kind of mental health issues, if you certainly, if you're, if thinking about leaving the bedside, you know, if you're, if, if you have left the bedside and you're feeling that empty feeling, whatever it is you're struggling with, number one, um, I want you to get help. Please, please get help. I, I gave you that number at the beginning. I'll t- it's 988. You can dial that at any time. There's 24 seven. There's always help for you. There are other resources out there for you as well. Remember Tristan Kate Smith. Remember her. I think she would, I, I think just from reading her letter and hearing from her father in his interviews, I think that she would love to know that she's helping people in this way. If you're feeling this way, please remember her and think, okay, she went through this also and take it a step further. Okay. Reach out. Understand that Tristan Kate Smith would probably still be with us today had she been able to, had she been able to find the strength to reach out and get professional help, the the professional help that she needed. I think she tried to help herself. I think she was doing the best she could. I think her family and friends did not realize it. And I think it's always easy to look back and see the signs when you look back retrospectively. And I think they saw them looking back. Please stop and look, don't just, um, I, th- I think that we tend to dis- be dismissive. We dismiss it. We think we're not this person. We're not Tristan Kate Smith. Any of us, any single one of us can be Tristan Kate Smith. And we can go through what exactly what she went through and we can get to the point that she got to that she felt like she needed to leave this world for whatever reason. And she, you know, she left behind a family that really loved her. And, you know, it's so unfortunate. I, it makes me so sad for her family. Her, her family is working so hard to keep her message alive and to really have it be a positive impact on the nursing profession. Her dad is actually in the process of planning a nursing rally during Nurses Week in Ohio at the, at the Capitol building. And so I, I think that I may be there for that. And I'm hoping some other people show up because we need to keep talking about Tristan and her letter to her abuser. And that's at the Capitol building in Columbus? Yeah, in Columbus. We're looking at May 10th. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but stay tuned. More more information okay. to come. Okay, we'll talk about that some more then going forward when we get some more specific information about it and kind of get it that solidified. A couple of ways that you can help Tristan's family. They actually had some shirts made that say, we are all Tristan because we are, right? And that's a powerful, powerful statement. And they have every color. They have t-shirts, they have hoodies, they have sweatshirts, and I have some and they're actually very high quality. We'll put, I'm sure, the link in the description of this episode. And they also have a GoFundMe that they are using for things like the upcoming rally and to get this story out there. Tristan's family really want to, you know, get a major news network to be talking about this. We really need to spread this message. And if you're interested at all in hearing the full interview that Erica and I did with Tristan's father and Tristan's sister. It's episode 16. Okay. We can provide that for Tina as well if you'd like to hear from the family and their point of view as to what happened and hear them talk about Tristan and remembering her. Yes. I strongly recommend you guys to go back and listen. I I 
would say, listen to Nurses Uncorked. I love the podcast. I have it. I subscribe to them and they, I always get a notification. It's, I just love these two ladies. They're just awesome. Thank you, Tina. We love you too. <laughs> why, why are we always so good together? You guys, the three of us, we need to do more of this. Seriously. I I'm totally okay with that. I was okay just writing that. down. I'm like, I, we need to do have you on for an episode just talking about in general nurse anxiety and nurse depression, like, and talk about our own stories and our own personal things, so that that people, I think when you when you're in that position, but you hear what somebody else went through, and you hear that you're not the only one, like it it brings comfort. It brings a little bit of comfort to know that other people have gone through this or are going through this. And I mean, shoot, I have a long story I can tell of what I went through before I recognized that I was at a point that I needed help. I would love to share that story. I don't think I've shared it yet. I mean, you know, we'll have to do that and have Tina on. If Tina wants to be on, I'd love to have you on, Tina. Absolutely. I would love to. Any any opportunity that I have to bring more awareness to that, I think that any time you bring this subject up, there's going to be people everywhere that are that their ears are going to perk up, that they're going to recognize it. They're going to be like, oh, that's me. I, any chance I have to talk about it, I want to talk about it because I I want to comfort those people that are going through it as, you know, as well, because you always feel like you're alone, you know? Oh, I felt it. That's how I felt. So you guys, I before we go, I have got to talk about this really fast because I'm so excited. The cruise, the NurseCon cruise is coming up. Are you guys excited? Beyond excited. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be my first time. You guys have been on the Nurse Blake cruise before, but this is going to be my first time. NurseCon at sea. It's amazing. It's a lot it's a lot of fun. I can't it's wait. It's Nurse Blake. It's 30,000 nurses. It's insane. Um I've been this will be my third cruise. I I always have so much fun. I can't believe I'm going to actually get to be there with the Nurse Erica and with Nurse Jessica Seitz. It's just going to be fabulous. Um, one thing that I want to do, if, if you guys would like to do this, is do like some meet and greets with our followers and our listeners. What do you think about that? I would love it. Let's do like a meetup night. Uh, anybody that wants to come meet us, talk about our podcast. That'd be amazing. Yeah, that could be fun. That could be fun. You guys need to let us know. Do you want to do a meetup with us? Reach out to us on social media. You can reach out to Nurses Uncorked, Nurse Erica, Nurse Jessica Sites, or email me at tina at goodnursebadnurse.com. However you want to uh, reach out to us, let us know if you're going to be going on the cruise. And if so, would you like to meet up with us? Because I would love to. I, we're going to be dressing up. We've all already been discussing our costumes. And I've got some, We've all, we've, all three of us have got our own uh, unique ideas that we're going to be doing for like goth night and yeah, sports night. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yes. <laughs> Prom I'm night. Looking forward to the costume. <laughs> Erica, that was Erica. Erica's, Erica's not looking forward to it. I can't wait because I'm going to be completely ridiculous. So me too. If you guys want to meet up Out with of us, yeah, I, I'm just re- I'm just all for it. I'm going to be there for it, and it's going to be fun. I'd love to meet you guys. Wait, not only are we all going. But the three of us are rooming together. We may come out of this loving each other more or killing each other. We're not sure. We may not come out at all. I don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. But I would love to get to meet some of you guys if you're going on the cruise. I would love to get to meet up. Reach out to us. Let us know. We'll we'll say some more about it. We'll like in future uh, episodes. Jessica and Erica, I'm sure we'll be talking about it on their social media platforms and on their podcast. They'll, they'll kind of, we'll solidify some details, maybe um, get more specific as far as dates and times and you know, exactly where we're going to meet up on the ship. 
but just wanted to reach out and let you guys know that's something we're thinking about doing. So let us know if that's something you're interested in. So let us know if you're on the ship and you listen to our podcast. Yeah, let's do it. Well, guys, remind them where they can find your social media and your your podcast. Nurses Uncorked. Everything is at Nurses Uncorked. Subscribe to our YouTube if you'd like to see the video content. If you want to just listen to us while you're driving, you can find us on all of your podcast streaming platforms. So um, Nurses nurses Uncorked. And of course, I love hearing from you guys. You can send me an email at Tina at Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. I'm on all social media at Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. And our website is GoodNurseBadNurse.com. And of course, before we leave, I always have to remind you, even if you're a bad girl or a bad boy, to be a good nurse. <laughs>